Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, February 4th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And on this Thursday, we are three days away from the Super Bowl, and we have a very special announcement at DFS Coach Talk that involves the number three. Coach, please do it for us. I'm excited. Uh, you know, we, we've taken a lot of feedback and, you know, put a lot of surveys out there. And I really appreciate everybody that's responded on YouTube, on Twitter, through our website, all the different uh, social media uh, outlets. We're trying to determine if we wanted to offer a smaller membership time for people to dip their toe in and try us out. And we have determined that we're going to offer, uh, starting today, a three-day membership for $10. So for 10 bucks, you can get the full experience with Coach Talk. You can tap into my brain with a little one-on-one -on -one time, uh, you know, take a look at the process that we're utilizing and hopefully we win you over and you stay aboard. If not, then, you know, it's 10 bucks for three days and you get the full Coach Talk, all that we have to offer. So I think it's exciting. And for those that were on the fence, hopefully this, uh, gives them that little nudge to uh, give us a try. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, especially right here as we head into the Super Bowl. And of course, with all of our memberships, you get access to all of our sports. So jump in this weekend. You'll get our Super Bowl lineups uh, along with uh, NBA Every Slate, of course. Now, uh, to do that, go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Sign up right there. We'll uh, send you an email with an invite to our Discord, and that's how we get started. Coach, three yes. is the magic number for that, but the magic number for this slate is five because there are That's five correct. games. Five of the ten teams are involved in a back-to-back. -back. Yeah. And did you know that we have the top five defenses in the NBA all on this slate? Well, I don't want defenses. I want offense. Well, <laughs> you got to go with what's out there. That's DFS for you. And uh, like we say, we love it because every day is different. And because of those top five defenses, we don't have any totals over 230, the magic oh, number. No. So you're just going to have to accept it. We're going to have lower scoring games tonight, but we're going to battle, battle it out here and find some value. So let's look at game number one. It's a 730 tip tonight, Eastern. So we get an extra half hour to prepare. I love, love that. It seems to help tremendously with the news when we get that extra 30 minutes. So I love it. We've got Utah at Atlanta. Yeah. Utah on the front end of a back-to-back. -back. They're going to head to Charlotte tomorrow. Atlanta, second night of a back-to-back. -back. They lost to your Mavericks last night. And we have a 227 total here on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. The Jazz are favored by eight. And I'm not seeing any injury news here, which is fun. So right. assuming we don't get any surprises, how are you looking at this one? Well, I, it's definitely an interesting game. I mean, you know, anytime you've got one team on the first night of a back-to-back -back, like Utah and, and, like you said, Atlanta having played the Mavs last night, and they played their guys pretty much right to the end because the Mavs, you know, won a, a close game, um, you know, it creates some scenarios here that we have to look at. And here's the thing, though, that's concerning. Utah is fifth defensively, and, and in the la and this winning streak where they're whatever – 11 and one, I believe uh, they play terrific defense. So they are fifth in the league and Atlanta's 11th. This has been their theme, even though they've got all these offensive guns, 
They're trying to win games playing defense as well. That's not working out too well for them, though. They should have a better record with all the talent that they have. But nevertheless, there's two good defenses right there. And then on the back side of it, you know, uh, Utah, we know, is going to slow it down. They're 25th. They're going to run some isos for Mitchell, or they're going to clear the floor, you know, and run uh, some stuff uh, for Gobert inside, pick and roll wise. They don't really throw it to him in the post that much. But, you know, uh, in other words, the pace will be just sort of calm. Uh, Atlanta's 16th. I can't believe they're actually one notch below being it now, being in the second part of the pace. You would think with with Young and all the speed guys they have on the wings, uh, young guys that they'd be pushing it. But again, they're you know I've seen the coach a few times speaking about the philosophy, how they're trying to control more of the game. They don't want to just run and gun because they do have a bunch of three point shooters so i know it can get helter skelter so he's you know slowed them down a little bit to help on the defensive side but it's also had them regress a little offensively um i'll just tell you right out of the the jump street here i am not crazy about this game i i really not i mean you have to be somewhat courageous to stack against utah who plays tremendous slow defense and gets it done so you know Trey on a back-to-back. He's not 100% healthy either, uh, and he's going to get Conley defense, who's back up in the top five against point guards defensively. And, you know, all those ancillary players are terrific for Atlanta. Don't fall into the Collins trap, though, because remember, a big for every team has absolutely, and I'll use my favorite word, I only use it for this example, obliterate the Mavericks interior defense and Collins did that last night because they, they put Kleba who's the only interior defender that the Mavericks have on Capella and it just opened the floor up for Collins. So, you know, uh, I'm not as crazy about Collins as I think a lot of people want to jump in points chase there. So in essence, you can get some value with some of the wings in this game if you need to go there. But ultimately, once I build my lineup, Andrew, I'm going to try to fade this game completely. As bizarre as that sounds with Atlanta and a decent total, I just don't like the feel of this game. And uh, I'm going to try to avoid it as much as possible. I may end up fading it as well. Not necessarily because I'm really trying to, but um you know, you, you make some good points about why it's not that attractive in general, even though it is a five-game slate. These teams played back on January 15th in Utah, and it was a real dud for Atlanta. They lost by over 20. Trey had a terrible night. You talk about Conley defense. He was one for 11 from the field. He scored four points. Wow. And it, it was the front end of a back-to-back, so it seemed like they kind of packed it in late, didn't play their guys heavy minutes in the fourth. But still, I mean, this is just that's, a perfect example crazy. of that that Utah defense, and it's a back to back for Atlanta. So, not really interested in Trey Young here. Collins, I think, is a a pretty good price on this slate, but you know, you don't you don't need to go there. Um, Herder, how about my man Kevin? I've been talking about his assist upside. Of course, last night he gets that double double with ten assists. Yeah, hell of a uh, game. He's still really cheap on Fanduel, so. 
So he's due for another game like that. What is that going to be? Mid March? No, just kidding. yeah, right. No, could be. <laughs> um, I just one of those guys. I still don't understand why he's forty five hundred on Fanduel. Yeah, uh, with Utah, maybe a one off depending on how your lineup goes. I certainly like Gobert over Capella here. Um, you know, O'Neal is always a decent value with the low five K range. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was good against Atlanta last time. They don't have um, DeAndre Hunter, of course, to to help yeah. defend him. And that's who uh, we guard him, so that's that does open your eyes a bit. Yep. And Conley gets Trey Young potentially, who's not strong defensively. So you could you could make a case for one of those guards, but I am likely to to pass this one in general as well and move on to game two with your Mavericks. All right, I'm ready. You want me to dive in? Well, I'll, I'll set it up for you, and I've got a key question oh. for you. Okay. Um, with this other 7.30 tip, I will set the stage and mention that it is 228.5 over under on BetUS. That's the highest total on the board. Your okay. Mavericks are Mavericks are favored by 2.5 at home after beating Atlanta last night. And we've got some really key news here with Golden State. Looney and Wiseman are both out. And then on the Dallas side, my big question for you is, on this back-to-back, do you think Porzingis plays tonight? Well, you know, from everything I read, uh, you know, from everything from Coach Speak to Beat Writer and the the Mavs blog, I would say I'm like close to 90% sure that he sits. I don't think they're going to push him to play in this game. Um, I'm hoping they do. You know, it's not official news, but my initial builds here, I'm not utilizing Porzingis because I do think he may sit. And even if he does play, uh, I'm not sure he'll extend him into the 30s, uh, but we'll see. You know, it's he. they're really pretty stringent on doing that, but, it, you know, the Mavs are also somewhat desperate to uh, string a few wins together here. And, you know, we'll see. If there's an exception to be made, it may happen today. But I would keep a very close eye on that. We'll do that for you in Discord all the way up to lock. And this will be one of the first two games. So we'll have all that news. And the Porzingis news really, you know, shuffles the deck in this game, too. So for me, uh, first of all, you know, no center whatsoever for Golden State. I mean, they're going to have... a combination of, I guess, Toscano and Anderson and uh, a little bit of Pascal, a little bit of uh, Draymond. So, you know, very interesting. I was hoping I'd get the call from Steve Kerr. I'm 25 minutes away. I could, you know, post up a little bit, throw a few elbows, but uh, no, no luck so far. But I'm waiting. So I will suit up against my Mavs if I get the call. But uh, I think I may have a wait in line. Anyway, I like the fact that Toscano Anderson, the way he played in this last game, he played with confidence. He didn't play like a fill-in guy. He wasn't afraid to shoot it, take it to the basket. We know that the Mavericks' interior defense, and we say this every day, it's sort of been a theme, and it will get better with Kleba back. But I think at his price, I think he's a fine play. I, I like him tonight in this matchup. I think he gets a majority of minutes because if Dallas decides to go big and have Kleba in there, if Porzingis happens to play, if he decides to play Boban, there's going to be some bigs in the middle 
that Golden State has to deal with that could just dominate the glass. So, you know, their best bet at, at rebounding and staying in the game in the, in the interior is Toscano Anderson. So I think he's got to be in play. Um, if KP sits, I think that Luca might be the, the way to go up uh, if, you, if you want to here because, uh, again, we know it's not a huge bump in usage for Luca, and he loses a little bit of efficiency without KP on the floor. But just the fact that it's another home game, uh, Luke has been a little fired up lately to, you know, with how they've been playing. And Golden State's backcourt is not a stopper defensive backcourt. Uh, interesting to see who they're going to put on them and how that's going to play out. But for I'm thinking about possibly using Luca as my pay-up guy, especially if KP is confirmed out. Um, too many ancillary guys. I, I hit with Jay Rich in this last game. He, he stepped up, but it's just too many guys. You know, and I could go through them again, you know, the Brunsons and Hardaways, et cetera, et cetera. Just a lot of split minutes, a lot of rotation there. Um, you know, the only other guy is Maxi. I think uh, Kleba could see 30 minutes now. They ramped up his minutes each game back. And with no interior defense, uh, he can get a lot of rebounds, and he can also splash some threes. So right now in this game, I'm looking at uh, Luca's possible payup, and then the two so-called bigs in Toscano Anderson and Kleba. What do you think, sir? Yeah, it's funny, um, you know, referencing Golden State with the so-called bigs because in that Boston game when Looney went out, it was Juan Toscano Anderson who started the second half at center. So he got big minutes, played well, and he's a power forward on DraftKings at 3,500. I am most likely going to lock him in tonight. Uh, I think he has to play big minutes with both Looney and Wiseman out. Small forward on FanDuel at 4,900, so more expensive there. A little bit more of a question mark, but yeah. likely to make the lineup for me there as well. And then Pascal is interesting because you got to figure he'll get more minutes he looked bad against Boston. He looked sluggish, he did. just didn't have it going, only played 14 minutes. A little chunky. Yeah, 4,500. <laughs> so that'll be uh, more of a GPP option, most likely. Baysmore should get some more run. And, you know, he actually benefited from Looney's absence as well because he played five minutes in the first half against Boston. Then with Looney out, he checked in three minutes into the third quarter played 12 minutes in the second half. So he's in consideration for me, especially on DraftKings where he's only 3,300. And then- a great GPP play, I think. Yep. And we can't forget about Draymond. He played 37 minutes in that game. Yeah. He's, he has to step up with these guys out. So it's that group of four, Bazemore, Pascal, Draymond, and, and JTA, JTA, I'll call him. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking at that group and probably will have two of them in every lineup. On right. the Dallas side, I do like Luka here. Um, you, you know, uh, it's just, it's here's the thing with this slate, and we'll get into it as we go more, but the point guard decision is so tough, especially yes. on FanDuel. You can only have two of them. Uh, man, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. So Luka is in the mix for me. Uh, with the bigs, 
the reason I asked you about Porzingis is because I really want to play one of these bigs for the Mavericks. If they decide to run him out there again, he's going to have a tremendous matchup, that being Porzingis. Because if Juan Toscano-Anderson is starting, that's going to be a real handful. If Porzingis sits, then what do we do? The last time he sat a back-to-back, Willie Cauley-Stein played 30 minutes. And he will dominate whoever is out there. And it's his former team. So I like Willie Cauley-Stein here if he starts. Kleba is also in the mix for me, like you said. Really good price on both sites. And then with the other value plays for Dallas, I also have a hard time trusting them, like you said. Uh, how about Dorian Finney-Smith, though? 3,900 on both sites. Yeah, he's going to be- play a ton of minutes, no doubt about it. But, you know, he's the same way as Carly Stein. I agree with you completely. They could be fantastic plays, but there's so much risk. You know, I again, we're looking from the cash and GPP side. Those guys could go 8x. Or those guys could have 10 DFS points. I mean, it's that simple. That's just the way those guys are. But I think you've got a good point. And I like the narrative with Cauley Stein. I had forgotten about that. And I think that's a really good point. Excellent. Didn't didn't they cut him? Or no, they did, traded him to Dallas, did, didn't they? Did we? If if it was, it was for a bag of balls and a yeah. you know half a, one of those little short buses you know what i'm saying <laughs> right <laughs> and then we got to mention um boban here because he's one of those guys with uh with carlisle you never know but would it make sense to throw out a weapon like that against this tiny depleted golden state front court and just watch him absolutely dominate for 15 minutes and put put up about 25 fantasy points at least it, it seems like a no-brainer because, uh, you know, the only problem is he has to guard somebody on the other side. So he'd have to be pulled away from the bucket. But I'm with you, man. I mean, it, it's gonna, those guys will be hanging from his neck. I mean, like a necklace because he's so gigantic. And nobody, they don't have anybody to put a body on him inside there. I mean, Pascal can push him, but he's like eight inches shorter, seven inches shorter than, uh, than Boban. So, uh that, you know what? I, that reminds me of a joke. I got to share this with our listeners. I think it's hilarious, and it's not. It's not. Uh, I don't think anybody will take it offensively by any stretch. But I got to tell you this joke. So, you know Billy Crystal, the famous Billy Crystal comedian. Yes. First of all, if for basketball people, he did a uh, a show, a movie called uh, Forget Forget It in Paris. I think was the name of it, where he's a basketball referee. Did you ever see that movie? I don't think so, but he's the big Clippers fan, right? Uh, Yes, huge Clippers season ticket holder for a million years. But he plays a referee, and it was when Jabbar was on his uh, retirement tour. So this is 20 years ago, but it's still funny today. And they they present uh, Jabbar with a rocking chair and all these gifts. And then two minutes into the game, he complains to Crystal about a call just a little bit. And Crystal throws him out of the game because <laughs> he's having a trouble with his relationship. And he takes it out on Jabbar. And Jabbar's like, dude, you can't throw me out. This is my farewell game. And he says, well, let me be the first to wish you a farewell. <laughs> and he threw him out. But right. anyway, so Billy Crystal tells this joke. I just, it's hilarious. He's, you know, he's a huge basketball guy. He played high school basketball at a little Jewish private school in New York City. And they had to play Christ the King, this huge inner city team from uh, New York City. 
So he goes, we were fired up for this game. We were pumped up. We were going to get it done. He said they let they wanted me to jump center. So they have this All-American going to Kentucky, seven-foot center. And he said, I was okay with it, except when we went to jump center. I put my foot in the circle. He puts his giant foot in the circle. And then I turn, and he's got a ne- uh, cross hanging from his neck, which is cool. But he's so big that this cross actually has a real guy on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that joke. I just yeah. thought, you know, that's he said at that point, I wet my pants and we lost the game. <laughs> oh, so God. sorry about that. Indulge me. I just uh, just love it. So, yeah. Anyway, it's Early called Crystal. Forget Paris, by the way, is a okay. movie. Look it up for old time's sake. Gotcha. OK, I totally threw us off base there. But, you know, you know, my. I, I want to be a writer for Saturday Night Live. That's my my biggest uh, oh. wish someday. So, okay. and as I'm sure most of you are saying, no, Coach, that, <laughs> that's not a good idea. <laughs> All right, all right. Golden State, Philly. Is that? Are we done? We're we're done with uh, Golden State and Dallas. We're going to go to Portland and Philly now. The eight o'clock game, and it's a two twenty-five and a half total. Here, uh, Philly favored by eight and a half after winning last night against Charlotte. And monstrous news here on a five-game slate. Damian Lillard questionable with the abdominal issue. We've got Derek Jones Jr. also questionable. Nasir Little has been ruled out. So what are your thoughts here? Well, you know, it's impossible to, to really spend a lot of time on this game because we don't know if Lillard's playing or not. I mean, it's literally a 50-50 call. If he plays, then Lillard certainly is a great play. If he sits, then I think you got to stack a couple of these Portland guys. You know, the Simons and the Covingtons and Cantors. You got all those guys are immediately in play because the usage shoots up through the roof if Lillard sits. So I'm not going to waste time on that because let's get that news. You know, we know we're going to turn our attention to this game if he sits and and stacks some Portland guys, and if not, he doesn't. Defensively, Portland's 29th, and uh, Philadelphia is is decent, but that's because of Embiid. My question to you when when I throw it back here is, Embiid, you know, what do we expect from him? I mean, he smashed for us last night. He was awesome. But can he – is that going to be two nights in a row – is he going to play? Is the minutes going to be watched? What the scenario there is going to be, I don't know. Pace-wise, they're 15th and 7th, so it will be an up-and-down game. And uh, other than the Lillard news, what do you think about Embiid, and how are you sizing this one up? Yeah, that is, that is a, a big question mark here. Um, just looking at his game logs, the last time they had a back-to-back, he played 35 minutes and did well. I know. So, um it's it's a, a tough one because he's got Cantor, so he's got a great matchup. But more importantly, with than Embiid, let's let's not remember what we did last night with his point prop. We gave out our first hey. betting prop advice, uh, yep. prop bet advice to our members. It was to go play Embiid over his point total of twenty six and a half because Coach and I both liked his matchup, and he surpassed it in the third quarter. So yeah. uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, winning pick for our members, and we're going to keep doing that as part of uh, memberships. And that's in our Discord. Discord in plenty of time before, and and Andrew may come up with a couple of them. If he likes two or three, he'll put two or three. If there's just one that stands out, he's going to put the ones he feels most confident in. 
I'll be the bird in his ear, but he's he's the guy. You know, we just call him Mr. 81K, and we know he's the gam the gambler, the the Kenny Rogers of a, of the group. So he's got your back. But be in our Discord, be a member, check it out. If that's not worth ten ten dollars for three days of just Andrew's prop bets, man, you're gonna be swimming in cash. That's the idea, because there is such an overlap between what we do. We're grinding with these matchups and prices. And then you look at some of these player props and they just jump out. They stick out uh, because we love the matchup. So uh, that's what we're going to keep doing now uh, with Embiid being that price. You know, I'm not I'm not likely to go there, you know, especially if Lillard pays. I'd rather pay up for Luca Lillard, uh, some of these point guards. But it could be a, a good move. In a GPP, if he's going to play full minutes, he should absolutely smash against Cantor. So, yeah, we'll, we'll and I will an say with that. Lillard, by the way, it's an abdominal strain. So if he does play, you're nervous at that price. He turns funny. You know, who knows? That could be it. So, yeah, buyer beware there either way. Yeah, it's a good point because he is in such great shape, and you know he he works on that game. You know, you've seen his off-season workouts, insane. bands and everything else. His core is so strong, and his body control is so important to him. You know, you know, slicing through the traps and uh, wiggling free for his three-point shot. So, I agree. It is it is very important. If he does sit, Simons is going to be very attractive at, at a reasonable price. And either way, I do want to mention Hood, thirty-seven hundred on DraftKings. If Derek Jones Jr. is out again, and Hood starts. I like him as a value play here. Trent as well, by the way. I didn't mention him, but he's got to be considered. He's a leader. He is. You know, he's pricier, over 6,000 on both sides, but certainly in the mix for sure. Yeah. All right, let's head to game four. It is Houston and Memphis, 9 o'clock tip. Houston on a back-to-back. What a disaster last night in Oklahoma City. They lose oh, by 17. And my man Oladipo, I had a lot of shares of him. He went 8 for 24 from the field. So he got That's... that huge huge bump in usage we were expecting with John Wall out. And he did not take advantage. And then they were so far behind, the, the key guys weren't even playing at the end of the game. So that was that was not very fun. Now... In this situation, we've got Oladipo doubtful. They announced yesterday they don't expect him to play the second night of this back-to-back. But we've got John Wall back in the lineup. So Wall is in play for me for sure against uh, Memphis in a, in a pace-up game. Houston fourth in pace this year, Memphis 10th. So two top 10 teams in pace um, with the rest of Houston there's a couple possibilities here. I like Christian Wood here as a pay-up big on this slate. Uh, going against Memphis, you know, they've got Joval out. So um, we, we saw what Sabonis just did to them in the paint. I think Wood yeah. can perform well here. Uh, with Oladipo out, Gordon is still in the mix. And talk about changing in positions here. Eric Gordon is now a point guard on FanDuel, where he was just a small forward yesterday. So what the hell? It's you got to keep an eye on these things. Um, you know, with the group of point guards that are interesting to me, Gordon probably not going to make it on FanDuel. But um, one other value play you could look at: Sterling Brown. 
I mentioned it on the podcast yesterday on on DraftKings. I think he was 3100 yesterday. He paid that off handsomely. He's 3300 again today. So there's a cheap option for you. On the Memphis side, uh, I'm looking at John Morant. Again, another point guard that I like here in the mid-tier. And it's an island game for Memphis. He had some issues in that back-to-back that they just finished up with uh, ankle scare, minutes down. So I like him here. Um, you know, with, with the Island game, uh, Brooks is also a guy you could look at from Memphis, uh, 5,200 as a shooting guard on FanDuel is somewhat interesting to me. What are your thoughts on game four of the night? Well, I, I, I like the two point guards as well. I mean, we, we need a DFS site where you just roster point guards. Just that would be fun tonight. Roll eight of them out there and you're good to go. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting game. I think Wall's got to be in play, you know, for you with with uh, Oladipo out. There's an um, immense amount of shots and usage, and also Christian Wood. I agree with you. At Memphis, isn't the same on the interior without Joe Val. I mean, Xavier does a decent job and Clark's doing a decent job, but it's not the same, you know, body, big body in the paint. So I like Wood, he, even though he's super expensive. Uh, and Interesting point with Wood, too. Uh, today, they just opened the NBA voting a few days ago, and I was watching the Houston station yesterday uh, talking sports Southwest, and uh, they were talking about there's a big push from the Houston fans to, to get Christian Wood on the All-Star team. So All-Star voting, for some reason, today is one of those special days where if you vote, it counts twice. So they were putting all this information out about Wood, and I guess he has... Uh, an escalation clause, bonus clause in his contract if he makes the all-star team. So, you know, does that create a little extra motivation for him to play well while the voting's going on this next week or two, or I think it's a couple weeks, um, maybe. So, you know, that we're looking for every edge we can get. So Absolutely. maybe one. Um, so I like him as well. Um, I've played Xavier, Xavier uh, Tillman a bunch because he's been cheap, but his price has come up, up, up a little bit consistently, and he's still not getting massive minutes. Um, I think Clark is reasonable play, but really, you know, yes, the pace is great, but you've got the second and fourth ranked defense in the league in this game. So I know the number's 223 and a half, which is sort of in the ballpark with everybody else, but that defense is a little bit uh, worrisome for me. So I'm not going to stack this game by any stretch. The first two options, without question in my mind, are Wall and Morant, and Wood being the big that I would look at, and possibly Clark if the salary works. Two of those four are probably the way I'm going to go. Excellent. All right, let's go to game five, the late night hammer at 10 o'clock Eastern. It might be just a tiny little hammer, though, because it's a 216 and a half total. Lowest on the board, Lakers favored by five. Uh, two of the slower-paced teams in the NBA, especially Denver. And, of yeah. course, the Lakers' number one defense, continuing that uh, defensive theme here on this slate. For the news, we have uh, Gary Harris and P.J. Dozier out. So some value opportunities with the Denver backcourt. What are your thoughts here on the last game of the night? Well, you know... I play Monte Morris a lot when when he's going to get big minutes, but 
we have like we've re- repeated every game with just so many point guards. I'm you know I think he might have point guard shooting guard eligibility on DraftKings, doesn't he? Because that, that Monte Morris. I'll double check. Because that I may be he... an option there. Because he's cheap and he should see a bunch of those minutes from Harris, and then Dozier's yeah, not. He's point guard only still. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Scratch Morris. Better better luck tomorrow, Mr. Monte. Um, Two sixteen and a half is low, man. It is low, low, low. Lakers best defense in the league. Slow pace on both sides, but this is a big build-up game. A lot of it's getting the most attention of any game today. A lot of people are excited for this Anthony Davis versus the Joker inside. We actually have probable tags on LeBron and and Davis, not even questionable, which means they're like 110% if that's possible to play. And so, it also I mean, means 110%. I'm not going to mention it since they're probable tags now. Finally, the Lakers have gotten with the program here. It's nice. They just need to not put them on the report is what they need to do. But, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of intrigue in this game. I just don't like all the dynamics here. I think this is one of those games that will be over-owned because it's the big the big game and uh, it's a late-night game. There's a lot of reasons. But you also don't want to go to that game if it is a hot pace, close game down to the stretch with a lot of minutes being played by the, the main guys and not have any representation. So the question is, where do you go? I mean, Murray, another of the myriad of point guards is really well priced. And, you know, we know that the, the uh, perimeter defense by the Lakers has taken a little bit of a step back this year. And really they're doing all their damage, just denying everything in the paint. But they're still the number one defense, so they're they're getting it done. Uh, Murray's in some consideration for me. I'm not going to go with the Joker. I'm not playing up for him. Uh, not against Anthony Davis and the interior defense. I refuse to do that. I do like AD though. I think AD, you know, he's looking. For, he's almost like LeBron at this point of his career. They won like every single thing you can win, and he's looking for that extra motivation. And I think, and you know. Any NBA conversation you hear, tons of people are saying the Joker's in a run for MVP, not even mentioning Anthony Davis. Like he's an afterthought because after that, you got LeBron and Beal and these guys. So I think I think he's going to use that as motivation. So I would love to be able to pay up for Luka and Anthony Davis as my two pay up guys today. I have to work out the dynamics of that and see if it can be done. But I would like I, I really am going to buy into the fact that I think Davis Davis is going to ratchet it up. And I'll tell you, uh, the Joker's not a, a really good defender. I mean, he's got to get out there and try to guard that mid range game from AD. AD can pull you to the three, and then he also can post up. And yes, the Joker can put a body on him in the paint, but he's so much quicker. He could get around him and and finish some stuff at the rim. So. I like I like AD today, uh, possible possibly Jamal Murray, but I'm not going to stack this game. I think you're going to see a lot of rosters uh, out there against you with three, four guys from this game. But I'm probably going to just stick with two. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to stack this game. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, you know, with with the Lakers guys, I don't I don't love playing LeBron or AD on a slate like this in a low scoring game, potentially, 
because they're all they're they're both playing. And with Davis, I think that's possible. That sort of narrative, I he he just doesn't quite strike me as a guy that would get as fired up for something like that. I mean, it's not like Russell Westbrook going against Durant, you know, in that last game. And yeah, but I bet you LeBron's in his ear. LeBron's a smart guy. He's like a co- perfect coach. I'm sure he's saying, "Hey, show up, this dude, man. You're you're better than him." You know, very possibly. Although I think LeBron might have his eyes on that MVP trophy as well. Oh yeah, I think he's the favorite to win it right now. But it doesn't mean he's not going to use the motivation uh, card with with his buddy. Oh, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree for yeah, sure. But you're right. I mean, that could be another scenario or narrative. Maybe LeBron wants to put this Joker uh, for MVP talk to rest. That could happen as well. Yep, I agree. I, I, I would probably lean towards LeBron here if if either one of them, but um, it's not my primary build for sure. I, I would be more likely to get one of the Denver guards. I do like Murray's price. I like Morris. Uh, you know, if if he's starting, which I think there's a really good chance that he will. And then with the Lakers, uh, you know, value play potentially would be Caruso on DraftKings. There's a guy that you can get as a shooting guard for only 3400 But, you know, honestly, in most lineups, I don't think I'll have a Laker, possibly one nugget at most. Okay. You sound like me. I'll stack in the early games. And then sitting there chewing your nails off, hoping the game gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it or worked just, the other day. Yeah, right. It did. Or just like a, a 108 to 98, just sort of dud average game. <laughs> That'll be fine with me. So, all right. That wraps up the five-game slate. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, jump in with us this weekend with the three-day membership. Go to dfscoachtalk.com to do that. Uh if you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. While you're there, you can follow Coach at J O E S A R V A D I. I am at Language Olympic, and Shane is at D E T Sports Shane. On YouTube, hit the uh, like button and subscribe to our channel. Uh, we've got our NFL podcast, the Super Bowl preview, coming out later tonight. So be sure to tune in there. Coach, any final thoughts? Hey, now everybody knows that with your DFS Coach Talk membership, you get all this comedy relief and, and <laughs> jokes. And I mean, how can you pass that up? <laughs> all right. I promise I won't tell any jokes tomorrow. OK. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yep. So we will be back again tomorrow for another NBA podcast. We do sure hope you'll join us on behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.